hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, Western Canada's premier travel podcast, where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. And as you might already know, once a month, we like to chat with Taylor Cole. She is the host of Hotel Hunt TV, and she checks in to share with us her latest hotel review. And usually she gives me a heads up on the hotel she's going to feature, but she didn't do that this time. So your guess is as good as mine as to which hotel she is going to spotlight. Plus, we've got a real treat for you, particularly if you're a fan of the TV show Downton Abbey, as travel writer and blogger Jody Robbins will join us to tell us about her behind-the-scenes tour of High Clare Castle, otherwise known as Downton Abbey, in England. But to start things off, we're going to talk about traveling to Asia, especially if you're a first-time visitor to Asia and might be planning a visit. It's always good to get some advice before you go, so to help us out, we're joined now by Asia travel expert Seema Dewan. Her website is seemadewan.com. Hi, Seema. Hi, Randy. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm excited to learn about Asia. I've never been, so uh, being someone who's never been, and Asia is a pretty large land mass. <laughs> so yeah. I guess where do you begin when you're starting to talk about traveling to Asia? Well, I think you begin with you know how comfortable you are with travel in general and pick a destination accordingly. Um, I would say that the first step is to be mindful of the weather. It is much hotter. So try to plan your trips between, you know, November and January if possible. And also make sure that the rooms you book are air conditioned. Mm-hmm. Well, it would help to have air conditioning. I've heard it's very, very hot there. And there's a lot of countries to choose from. Not all countries are considered equal, are they? Yeah, absolutely. Lots to choose from, um, you know, depends on your palate as well. But I think there are some countries like Singapore, Japan, um, that are great to, for a first-time visitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, tell, to expand on that. Uh, what makes Singapore or Japan uh, popular destinations for people if they're first-timers? Well, Singapore is extremely organized. It's a very calm country, and it's not that highly populated. It's a very small island. So the advantage is that you can, you know, for a first-time person, your senses are already heightened with all the change. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least it's just more organized. Um, language is not a barrier. The food is great. Lots of different countries you could be going to even around Singapore. Um, so I think it always, it always think that's a great, you know, first stop. Mm-hmm. And Japan is a big favorite, I think, especially for Canadians. Uh, much bigger country, lots more to offer. Um, and again, a very calm country to navigate. But mm-hmm. of course, the language is a bit of a barrier. Well, yeah, but you know, there's uh, technology is amazing now. You can get all kinds of language apps that uh, translate for you, right? Yes, and it's funny you say that because I was recently in China and there's an app where you can take a photo of your menu and in real time it translates the entire menu for you. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Uh, now, how did you like China? Uh, you know, China's in the news these days and uh, sometimes they're not very kind to uh, Canadian visitors. What are your thoughts on that and, and just traveling to China in general? Well, um, I mean, I think that's probably not true for the amount of visitors that actually go to China. I thought it was a phenomenal country, you know, way ahead of the time. The technology, the train system in China is at least 10 years ahead, if not more. So I thought it was a very kind country, very organized. Definitely uh, language was a bit of a barrier. So these apps are very useful. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, you know, a beautiful place to be and definitely a great Asian country to visit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about documentation. I think China, if my memory serves me correctly, you need a visa. Uh, what about uh, the hurdles about getting that? And do you need visas for some of the other countries too? Uh, for China, you do need a visa. Same for India as well. And you just basically fill out a form and 
Uh, for China, you go down to the embassy and it's processed pretty quickly. I think I got mine in like two days. Um, but I guess I would leave at least a week out for it. Um, for countries like Singapore, Thailand, Japan, they all have visa on arrival. So that's good. It's essentially not needing a visa. So I fill out a visa form when I get there. Is that what you mean? Or... Yeah. So you, uh, yes, basically, at, you know, at the customs desk, they just basically give you a visa right there. Oh, okay. They do have some requirements. Like I think Thailand requires that you have a return flight booked. Uh, you know, your passport is valid for six months. So mm-hmm. there are still, you know, considerations you want to make sure you're meeting. But you, as, as far as a formal visa beforehand, is something you don't need. Now, you've traveled to Asia a lot. Uh, what is yeah. your favorite thing about uh, going to Asia? There are so many things. I mean, the food, I mean, I could just, just the food is, you know, it's something we could talk about for days. Um, <laughs> that's a big thing. It's an absolutely beautiful continent. I feel like you really haven't truly experienced the whole world. Um, if you have not been to Asia. Um, and I'm also huge fan of luxury. I mean, it's really a whole new level. I feel like if you are at a five-star resort in India, for example, it's easily a seven-star. Um, so the, the difference is quite significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, getting there, too, uh, it's a long flight. Uh, what about things like jet lag and, and getting over those things? How do you handle it? So one good way to do it, especially if you're going for a vacation, is to take stops. So, you know, from here to Japan is about a seven, eight hour flight. Um, And so what I would recommend is stopping in Japan, spending a few days there and perhaps then moving on to the next country Mm -hmm. um, because you might as well see two places while you're on this trip. And that definitely helps with jet lag. And I would imagine it's kind of like Europe. Once you're there on the continent, uh, it's easy to get around with uh, a lot of regional airlines, right? Absolutely. And that's another important tip, actually, is to be familiar with them. Um, So, for example, there's an airline called which is Singapore Airlines budget airline. Um, and there's also a lot of websites like Make My Trip, um, Momondo. These are all big travel websites you should be checking before you book your trip. Excellent, excellent advice from Seema Dewan. She's a travel writer, uh, expert on traveling to Asia. You can check out her website, seemadewan.com. Always a pleasure to chat, uh, Seema. Thank you. Thank you. Well, once a month, Taylor Cole, host of Hotel Hunt TV, which you can find on Amazon Prime, by the way, likes to stop by and share with us her latest hotel review. And Taylor is here now to do just that. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Randy. You know, we didn't even you didn't even tell me uh, what we were going to talk about beforehand, so I have no idea. So, <laughs> so this is going to be a surprise to me just as much as it's going to be a surprise to our listeners. So tell me uh, what resort we're going to talk about today. Yes, incidentally, this resort is all about happy surprises, and that's why I wanted to surprise you today, because, Randy, we're going to a pineapple under the sea, the home of SpongeBob SquarePants. We're going to the Nickelodeon Hotel and Resort, Punta Cana by Charisma. Nice! I want to sing the (laughs) SpongeBob SquarePants song now. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. I sing it. I sang it the whole time I was there. Recently, I had the opportunity to go there and I absolutely loved it. Now, this one of the resorts, Nickelodeon Hotel and Resort Punta Cana, is um, just about 25 miles north of Punta Cana Airport. It's at Ubero Alto Beach. And it is a place, an oasis that you would never want to leave. 
Nice. Well, okay. Give me the give me the lowdown. Give me the basics. Oh, you told us already where it's located. Obviously, it's great for families. So, uh, tell us some of the uh, things they have going on for uh, kids and families. Yes, this resort is a five-star gourmet inclusive resort, and it caters to kids of all ages. Um, I had the time of my life, actually. So the name Nickelodeon, as many may know, is um, was named after the first five-cent movie theaters that were called Nickelodeons. Mm. But people may also recognize the name from shows like Paw Patrol, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and, of course, SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, so do you see characters? Is, is SpongeBob around? SpongeBob is there. You actually get to hang out with the characters. So... I stayed in a number of places on the resort so I could get to sample it and experience it, but I spent quite a bit of time in the pineapple suite, and that's actually in the shape of a pineapple. So <laughs> once you enter, everything is recreated to take you to SpongeBob's world. And actually, SpongeBob is celebrating 20 years in June 2019, so there's a big celebration going for him, and you can see his character around the property, as well as a number of other characters that you know from the Nickelodeon shows. Uh, were you traveling with young children? I wasn't. I, my <laughs> husband calls me a five-year-old, and the executive producer and uh, my videographer for the show calls me a 12-year-old, so... Yeah, I was a big kid there. <laughs> the reason why I ask is like it's kind of weird that an adult is going to all hanging out with SpongeBob, and it kind of makes it better when you have children with you. But it's okay. Well, you know, it can. Now, one thing about this resort, and I had an opportunity to talk with the general manager, but he says, you know, you think about going to a kids' resort, and what do you get to eat? You have chicken fingers and hot dogs, right? Mm -hmm. But here. Um, at Charisma Resorts, they have that gourmet all-inclusive. And so the food was absolutely delicious. And Randy, I'm talking, handing out a beautiful silver tray. They lift the lid and it's a, a delicious wrap sandwich or it's a steak with potatoes. But everything is presented and made to look fun and engaging and delicious. They even have, uh, Charisma has their own greenhouse that's off property, so they bring in fresh herbs and vegetables. Everything is grown organically, so you can really have you know, good quality food. And then back to being an adult, they have adults-only areas, okay. and they even have um, Just Kidding, which is the, let's call it a babysitting service, but they have <laughs> activities for the kids where 24-7, you could have your kids hanging out, doing regular activities. And mom and dad, the partners, can go off and enjoy their time in private and have some romance. Very nice. So, and now I'm looking on their website. It's nickresortpuntacana.com. This is their 20th anniversary. Yes, yes. SpongeBob has been, and I remember, I loved Nickelodeon as a kid. And I remember when SpongeBob came onto the scene. I was a little bit older, but it was still such a movement. Everybody loved this guy. Um, and so, you know, I think there's a lot of fanfare around it. I'm personally a big fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And while I was there, I got a chance to learn some cool ninja moves from hmm. Raphael and Mikey. And you know, it was so much fun. <laughs> now, did you get, um, what's the stuff that was slimed? Did you get, did you get slimed? Yes. <laughs> yes, and everyone will have to go to Amazon Prime Video and watch my episode <laughs> of Hotel Hunt to see it. But yes, I got slimed, and it was—it's the highest honor you can get at this resort. Oh, and I didn't they did know a that. private sliming for me. 
Yeah, it is made of stuff like vegetable dye and a little bit of flour and stuff. So it came right out, but it was crazy, Randy. You got to do it. <laughs> now tell me about the water park. Did you go down the slides? I did it all. Nice. That's <laughs> awesome. Even, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they even allow you to rinse off. So after you've gotten slimed, it's okay. Everything's fair game. You can go down the slide to uh, wipe off all of that. Uh, there's a bubble area. Um, yeah, there's big buckets that pour water over your head. So, you know, there's so much to do. There's even a pajama party that you can have with a lot of the characters like Dora the Explorer. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so they, they make it fun, and even the adults enjoy it. Now, the food, I've mentioned a little bit about it, but mm -hmm. i got to tell you about this restaurant, which is actually a food truck. <laughs> uh, it's called Burgers.ph, and they take the humble hamburger to a whole new level. They have this gigantic burger that's about the equivalent of 16 large hamburgers, and it's called a machete burger. Oh, my gosh. It's so yeah. <laughs> like, can you eat it all in one sitting? <laughs> uh, uh, no way. Now, I brought my husband. He's six foot six, and he's a ninja. Contestant, <laughs> you know, I think I've mentioned before. He could eat a lot. No, there was no, I mean, he couldn't eat this. And, and I'm a vegetarian, but I went ahead and, and let them serve the, the burger. But this thing, you have to cut it with a machete. It's so big, you can't cut it with a regular knife. Um, and so they have this fabulous room service. They actually package this burger up with fresh fries and send it back to the room. And then every day, if we wanted to have the burger for lunch, they would bring it back and warm it up and have it refreshed and you could have the burger. But this thing is massive. Take all your friends and family. I mean, take make like a family reunion, and mm. you might be able to get through this. <laughs> now, tell me about the area, the beach, and uh, some of the uh, surrounding area, the, the the area surrounding it. Well, I don't know why you would want to leave this place, Randy, but of course, <laughs> there's some beautiful things to do in and around the area. Um, of course, the beach. They've got a private area. You're not far from the airport, that 25 miles. Um, you know, I've visited other places like the Monkey Forest, and I've gone out and done some RVing, and um, I've gone exploring. Um, you know, you're in uh, the Dominican Republic, and so there's so much history there. But, you know, right there on property, there's a ton of stuff to do. There's a dedicated sports facility and entertainment complex. So you can play tennis, enjoy archery, basketball, soccer, there's a giant chessboard. There's a clubhouse with ping pong, foosball. Um, the suites are equipped with one of the suites is a swim around suite. So there's a pool that basically surrounds three quarters of the property and you've got a 46 inch smart TV. So hang out there, enjoy room service, swim when you want, have them bring in all inclusive gourmet room service. Um, there's this beautiful Vasa spa that has all sorts of treatments, both for couples and for kids. And there's just so much to do. And you have this happy feeling when you're at this resort. You're walking around and there's music playing in different places. There's a restaurant where the um, servers are all wearing space uniforms and it's called Space Walker. It's <laughs> called the Interstellar Cuisine Restaurant. And so you know, you've got people walking around with you know, the, the full astronaut costumes and people that are dressed up like they're at the command center for NASA and all of the menu items are named after things in the galaxy. And it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Well, it sounds like a ton of fun. It's the uh, Nickelodeon Resort in Punta Cana. Uh, you can find more information with uh, Taylor Cole. She is the host of Hotel Hunt TV. It's hotelhunttv.com on Amazon Prime Video. It's uh, always fun to chat with you, Taylor. Thank you. Thanks, Randy. I hope to see you in the pineapple under the sea next time. <laughs> Well, if you're a fan of the TV show Downton Abbey taking a tour of Highclere Castle, the backdrop of Downton Abbey would be pretty high on your list of places to see. Well, that's exactly what travel writer and blogger Jody Robbins did. And Jody joins us now to talk about her behind-the-scenes tour of Highclere Castle, otherwise known as Downton Abbey in England. Hi, Jody. Hey, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. I'm excited to learn about uh, Highclere Castle, those uh, people who are fans of Downton Abbey, and I always want to say Downtown Abbey. <laughs> it's not Downtown Abbey. <laughs> it's Downton Abbey. We'll recognize this for sure, right? Are you a fan of the show? Oh, I'm such a fan of the show. Yep, definitely. What sparked your interest other than being a fan? If I was a fan of the show, I would love to go see this too. Well, I think it's because there's such hype now because the movie's coming out. And that just really sparked my curiosity. So now what did you see? You said your, your title of your article is My Behind the Scenes Highclere Castles Tour or Castle Tour. What was it like behind the scenes? So I did see the castle and happy to talk about that. But I also saw a couple sites that are very familiar to Downton Sounds, which is the village of Downton, which is really the legit actual village called Bampton in the UK. And I also got to see this farm. I don't know, um, fans will know this, but Lady Edith had this illegitimate child and she was stashed away um, with some um, farmer. And anyway, I got to visit that farm, <laughs> Cogs Manor Farm, outside the village of Whitney. And all of this is around an hour from London. So you can definitely do this fabulous day trip visiting this Cogs Manor Farm, the village of Bampton, which subs in for Downton Abbey, and Highclere Castle, which of course is what we think of as Downton Abbey. So yeah, well, I was going to ask you what the connection is between Highclere Castle and Downton Abbey. Isn't it? So is there a, a true story behind it, or is it just Downton Abbey is uh, a fictional thing that they use Highclere Castle as a, right. as a backdrop? Yeah, completely fictional. So the writer and creator of the show, Gillian Fellows, is actually friends with the 8th Earl of Carnarvon and the Countess. So he's personal friends with them. And I think a lot of these um, owners of these grand estates in England, they're just, you know, they have to pay taxes. And, uh, you know, as we've seen on Downton, a lot of them have had to sell. But they've been able to turn Downton into, I mean, Highclere, into quite the little moneymaker because they can rent it out to the studio for when filming was, you know, a couple months at a time. Mm -hmm. And uh, also that just sparks interest, like interest that you and I have, which is why we're able to do these tours, which they offer throughout the summer. But actually new this year, there's quite a few tours in the fall. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so there's, there's just lots to see and do around there. Yeah, they have uh, their website, highclarecastle.co.uk, and it has all kinds of info on there and, and how to get tickets and everything like that and the different uh, types of tours. Uh, can you do like a tour out of London or how, what's the best way of getting there? Do you have to do it on your own or is there uh, sort of uh, tours that uh, tour operators that run out of London to, to Highclere Castle? I, 
I do believe there are tour operators that run out of London that do it. But personally, I kind of think it's better to do on your own. Um, in fact, you can even stay at the estate. So you can't stay in the exact castle itself. But I mean, the castle sits on, I think it's 100 acres. And they have lots of these what they call follies, which are these like structures. Some of them look like tiny Greek temples. But some of them are lodges. So there's one called Grotto Lodge and another one called London Lodge. So you can stay right on the ground, you know, perhaps close to that road where Matthew died in the car crash, you know, or wherever. (laughs) And you can roam around the estate, explore at your leisure. And if it were me, I would definitely book in and do that when there's there's special events going on at Downton. So I was able to see an evening cabaret, have afternoon tea. And I also heard um, Lady C, as she's called, give a talk. So she's really like the real life Cora, except, you know, of course, she's nothing like Cora. But um, but she's fabulous, you know, in that regard. So I suppose, you know, in a way she is like Cora. Mm-hmm. So now, other than that, what did you learn? What were some of the highlights uh, that really, uh, you know, got you all giddy? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of the highlights didn't even have to do with Downton. So that's what I thought was really so interesting. Um, just seeing the, the history uh, and hearing the history, because there's so many connections to Canada and to like present day society that people don't realize. So I think it was the fifth Earl, it was either the fifth or the fourth Earl. He was involved. He bankrolled the discovery of King Tut's tomb. So that was pretty interesting. And there's a whole Egyptian exhibit that you can see. Downtown. I mean, High Clark Castle. Yeah, Yeah. I keep getting confused. Yeah, but also, um, and another former Earl was, um, you know, Secretary for the Dominion. So when Canada was being created, he worked very closely with Sir Johnny MacDonald, and Johnny MacDonald would have weekends there at the castle (laughs) and would draw up the Constitution of Canada. And they have all these you know, artifacts on display throughout High Clark Castle. Yeah, so for me, I thought that was really fascinating. Plus the rooms, the rooms themselves, many of the ones that we're used to on the show, like the main, the drawing room, which is the North Library, and of course that fabulous staircase and the bedrooms. So those are all kept perfectly intact. So that was like really a thrill because, it, you know, sometimes when you go to a place, like you go to the Eiffel Tower in France and you're like, meh. Like, it wasn't as good as what you built up in your mind. Uh But this was one of, like, as a travel writer, I can't tell you, like, how many times you get that kind of sinking, disappointing feeling. Yeah. But not there. Like, I just, you know, if you're a Downton fan, the awe that I felt and the joy, it was like, it was crazy. I just totally geeked (laughs) out like a fangirl. It was so incredible. Many of the taxi drivers in the nearby town will put on the theme song to Downton Abbey. So you know, <laughs> like piano bars as you're creeping up the driveway. Yeah, the whole thing is just truly a fabulous experience. And it's not just the uh, castle itself, it's the gardens in the surrounding area, right? Oh, so many gardens. And that's, you know, and I didn't, I only had the one day there. So I didn't even have that much time to explore the gardens. But yes, I mean, they have so much parkland. And in England, so many of them, you know, people have a right to explore on their own. So they have a special monk's garden. Um, and this land, like the, 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 the family has had it since 1679. So, you know, it's quite historic and it's mm-hmm. got all these really majestic cedar trees. And yeah, if you're, if you're really into um, nature, there's a secret garden. There's just, there's too much to explore and you really do need to dedicate, if you can, a weekend to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if someone's planning a trip there and you, and they were asking for some tips or advice, what would you say to them? I would say definitely um, look to book on a so book in advance for sure because they sell tickets for the house tours and those do sell out. So you definitely want to book that in advance. And it is worth it when, like I did a a champagne reception at night and it was pricier than the other tours, but I'm right there in the drawing room having champagne, unlimited champagne, I will add. (laughs) You know, it's not like events in Canada where you get your two drink tickets. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, no, they keep filling it up. And there's this... um, massive, almost floor-to-ceiling Van Dyke portrait of Charles I. You know, like, I didn't need to go to the National Portrait Museum in London. Like, it's right there. So Mm -hmm. there's priceless works of art. So I guess book your tickets because they have a lot of really interesting, especially themed events this year. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to see more of that because um, I kind of didn't clue into this. But, you know, in the new year, it's going to be 2020. And so we're going to see a lot of themed 1920s parties. And, of course, with this movie, the Downton Abbey movie, it's set in the 1920s. So there's a lot of fun theme stuff that's going on. So my top tip would be, like, get yourself on a tour first um, at the castle. Like, book your tickets through there. Mm-hmm. Then, if you can, stay there. Um, and, of course, all of, if you don't rent a car, lots of taxis know exactly where you want to go. Like, they're pretty familiar with the trifecta of Downton uh, stuff around Highclere Castle and make the time to go to that Bampton village because it's really a charming little village. You see the church where everyone gets married in the graveyard um, and they've got, you know, and the locals are just so friendly. Like it's such a pretty part of England mm-hmm. and it's only an, it's only an hour from London. Um, uh, you mentioned that you got a chance to talk with Lady C. Explain who Lady C is and what was that like? Um, so Lady C is Lady Carnivorn. Hopefully, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but anyway, so she is like the Countess. So it's like, um, oh, what are they called in Dance in Downton? They're the uh, the Grantham family, but it's just you know it's similar to that. Mm-hmm. Her husband George is the eighth Earl. He inherited the property, of course, from his father, and so she is married to him. But she. I mean, of course, he's involved with all the restoration of the property, but she's kind of like, um, I would call her almost like a British Martha Stewart. (laughs) Like, she's this amazing entertainer. She's an avid historian, um, and she's just a delight. Like, she glommed onto the fact right away that I was Canadian, started throwing out all, because she's going through all these archives, like, oh, here's a telegram from Queen Victoria to when Sir Johnny MacDonald was staying at the castle for a weekend. Yeah, so she like goes through all that history and and really talks to you about it. And I had tea with her in the afternoon. And when I went there in the evening, she had those documents out on display, you know, just right out there. So she's really lovely and very down to earth. You know, I'd never met a British aristocrat before. Mm -hmm. And yeah, couldn't be lovelier. Now I'm following her blog, which (laughs) you can get to from the Highclere, from the Highclere Castle site. And, you know, she has books like entertaining at Highclere and there's a Christmas book coming out. And so it's just kind of fun to Mm -hmm. see how that other half lives. And like you feel like when you watch Downton Abbey, like even though, you know, the family is a bit pretentious and this and that, and they're, they're different people yeah. than you and I, they have, you, you relate to them, which I think mm-hmm. is the magic of television. And I think um, Lady C is very skilled in that way because she's very personable. You know, she's a former chartered accountant. Oh, wow. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't think, you know, and she has five sisters so she grew up in a very large family i don't think she you know i'm sure she came from a very um 
perhaps well-to-do family, but uh-huh. she certainly wasn't, um, you know, yeah. she, she feels like very much one of us mm-hmm. and very lovely and approachable. And so that was super fun. And when you do these tours, you can book a tour where she's giving a talk or where they are hosting you. Nice. And that's, yeah. How else do you get that experience? I know, right? Yeah. Um, on their website, they have a gift shop. Did you get anything at the gift shop? Oh, I sure did. I got <laughs> his, uh, his lordship's chutney. So, they've, yeah, they've done some really clever branding, and they've just released a high clear gin, which I think is smart because they've got all these, like, different berries, like prep, juniper berries and mulberries, you know, on the property. Um, soon to come out, they're going to have a champagne. But currently, they have a lot of, because they have all these fruit bushes, so there's lots of chutneys and fruit preserves that they have, um, some really fun Downton Abbey magnets I got. Yeah, I got a lot of gifts for people there. <laughs> well, the article is my behind-the-scenes High Clare Castle Downton Abbey tour. Uh, you can find it on uh, Jody's website, travelswithbaggage.com, and Jody Robbins, travel writer and blogger. Always a pleasure to chat, Jody. Thank you. Pleasure is mine. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.